This is an exclusive presentation of WoWo 1190 AM and 1075 FM, Unholstered. Here we go. It's time for another edition of Unholstered. Welcome on in. I am one of your hosts. My name is Kayla Blakesley. I represent the local media side on this show as during the week, I host a local radio program here out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sophia Rosales-Catina, and I am a captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department, and welcome to the show on Holster. Sophia obviously represents the law enforcement side of this show, because if you've never tuned in before, shame on you, first of all. Second of all, this show is all about sharing and telling the stories that just don't often get told or talked about when it comes to law enforcement, not even just here in Indiana, but across the region, across the country. And I'd say that's exactly what we're doing today, because we are talking about marijuana. Yay, marijuana. I can't wait to talk about pot. And we've got a great guest that we're going to talk about marijuana with in just a moment. Uh, Before you bring him up, I do want you to get us all on the same page and lay where Indiana is at in terms of a legal perspective when it comes to marijuana. We've had several changes in to the Indiana law over the last few years regarding marijuana. Basically, um, it's, for all intents and purposes, we call it decriminalized. Um, it takes a significant amount of marijuana to be on a person before they're actually arrested for possession of marijuana. Um, a lot of a lot of times it's just a citation and you let them go. I don't even know what a significant amount means. I'll be honest. Um, so when you say that, what does that mean? We're talking like upwards of like 30 grams. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's a okay. lot of marijuana. It's not you're like a bag of weed or a joint. Okay. Um, no one's serving any hard time for that anymore. I don't know that they have in the past. I, I couldn't tell you a case-by-case basis. And a lot of those larger sentences had to do with maybe habitualness of the offender, those kinds of things. But on the first... Um, possession charge, you know, people aren't anymore getting a significant amount of time. So we can say, for the most part, decriminalized, decriminalized here in yes, Indiana. Yes. All we right. don't focus a lot of attention on that. Um, where we do focus, and you'll see those marijuana arrests, are we're talking large dealers. Okay. Um, or they're dealing in things other than marijuana. A lot of times they'll be dealing in fentanyl, they'll be dealing in cocaine, those kinds of things, heroin. Marijuana is just another thing they deal with. So sometimes when you see those busts, um, that happen with uh, arrests for marijuana, that's why. I also want to preface the marijuana conversation with this. This will not be the only episode that we have on this. No. Um, we, we greatly want to get folks that are pro-legalizing marijuana, folks that are anti-legalizing marijuana, and then someone like Nate that we have today. I'll let you introduce Nate, and I'm I'm anxious to get <laughs> Nate's perspective on this. So, Sophia, tell us why you brought in Nate. Right. So, Keeping in mind that we want to have everyone informed as much as possible on the actual realities of legalizing marijuana. It's all great. There are lots of benefits to marijuana, but there's also a lot of things that we need to be careful with um, when it comes to marijuana as well. And I brought Nate on as our first guest because he is a recovering addict. He has a lot of knowledge in addiction. And I've always heard that marijuana is not addictive um, and, you know, the, the people always lead with that. You can't become addicted to marijuana. And I just wanted to get an addict's point of view. I thought it was really important to have someone who's been in that realm to come in here and share his views and thoughts on that and maybe some scientific facts because he does now peer support counseling um, with um, some local recovery centers here. And I, I just want to get his perspective. And I think it's important for our listeners to hear that. So I'll let him introduce himself. Yeah, I'm Nate Mullering. Um I'm the executive vice president at Allendale Treatment and Fort Wayne Recovery. Also one of the co-founders of Bare Knuckle Recovery, which is our uh, web-based platform where we do resource mapping for people and just raise awareness and have a lot of interactions with people who are out there struggling. Um, so yeah, and I am a person in long-term recovery. You know, I started smoking marijuana when I was probably 15 years old. 
so I had a lot of experience and I quit when I was around 24 um, when I got sober and a lot of people say marijuana is not addictive um, it certainly is we don't see a lot of people that come in for marijuana but the numbers are greatly increasing it used to be you never would go to treatment for marijuana use but because they've messed with marijuana so much the marijuana today is very different than the marijuana yeah when I grew up well even when I grew up I mean I graduated high school in 2011 you know, it was people growing it in their backyard. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. ma- not genetically modified to <laughs> yeah. for specific qualities of marijuana. One hundred percent. And maybe you'd get some from California once in a while, or some from Colorado because they were one of the first ones to legalize it. The good it. stuff. Yeah, the good <laughs> stuff, right? Yeah. Sophia said it. Hey, I, not that I partook, but I'm just saying. <laughs> and that stuff was, I mean, the percentages of, of THC in those were much lower than they are today. I mean, we're seeing some of some of the different forms of marijuana so you not you you still have your your traditional bud right the stuff that you break down you smoke mm-hmm. roll it up in a joint put it in a, a pipe whatever it is but now you've got your edibles <laughs> you've got your hand creams you've got your uh, your sublinguals which is something you put under your tongue you've got your vape cartridges so i mean there's just so many options out there and what we're seeing is some of these vape cartridges are 95 to 98% THC right and we have had some cases of overdose uh, from marijuana because of the high dose of THC wow. from the vape carts. Um, it And that's primarily, it came across, I think, in hit our area a couple years ago. Right. Um, and you could just see, and I think I posted on social media for our police department, I posted some of those carts so parents knew what to look for if they were rummaging around their kids' rooms. Is there scientific data out there, though, that says marijuana is addictive? And let me preface this comment by saying, like, I would argue cell phones are addictive. I don't really know that there's scientific data out there to prove that physically. I've left my phone at home before and I'm like, I, 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 don't, I don't even realize how addicted I am until I don't have it with me. And I'm like needing something to do with my hands. I just naturally in commercial breaks with the show that I host, I'm like, where's my cell phone? That's what right. I do in yeah. commercial breaks. It's how I look at Twitter, Facebook news. It's just weird to not have it. But I, I don't know that anyone can really prove that, you know, but psychologically, I am absolutely addicted to my cell phone. Yeah. And I, I, I would argue that people are probably addicted to marijuana in that way. 100%. And I also want to say that, there, you know, when it comes to both sides of the aisle on this, you know, there's people that are pro-legalization, there's people that are anti. There's always, there's one side, there's the other, and then in the middle, there's usually the truth. There's the facts, right? Yeah. So, That's, that's where everything, I sit. Right? Yeah. That's where I sit, right in the middle. Well, exactly. So you could make an argument one way or the other. And, there, and, and to say, you know, there's also a lot of competing data out there, right? So what, one thing we've seen in America recently is um, uh, this big spike in studies. And in a lot of studies, you have to read the fine print. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, it'd say, well, marijuana is not addictive. You know, but, but this study shows it. But then in the fine print, it'll have an asterisk that'll say, but contestants only smoke marijuana for two weeks. You know, <laughs> yeah. we didn't test them over a lifetime. Um, so, but there is evidence to show that marijuana is addictive. There is statistical evidence or scientific evidence, but also I have a ton of anecdotal evidence that I could talk about where I see people who are not necessarily physically addicted, although we are starting to see some people who have physical withdrawal symptoms now when they quit smoking hmm. marijuana because of the strength of the marijuana now and how much- it's so different. Yeah, and okay. we've decided to mess with it like we do everything, right? <laughs> right. You know, um, Competition is a good thing, right? Like capitalism, competition. Sometimes there's a bad side to it, though. We can all agree on that, right? So there's this huge competition. I have to make the strongest weed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Most bang for your buck. Right. And when you do that, you get into the science of it. You start messing with it at a molecular molecular level. 
you create problems. So we are seeing people that are number one, psychologically addicted and number two, physically addicted. Now, what percentage of the population that smoke marijuana does that happen in? I don't know. I don't have that figure. I don't think we know what that figure yeah. is. Even when they do studies, that's most I of the say, time I think it's impossible to have that figure. It yeah, is, I mean, unless you pulled the entire country. Correct. Right. Which even then you would get mixed results. <laughs> so, okay. For, for intensive purposes of this conversation, we're going with that it is addictive, whether that is. Can be. Yeah, can be. Whether that's physically, emotionally, psychologically. Right. Um, then let me ask you this, Nate. As a recovering addict, mm-hmm. you just said it. You started smoking marijuana when you were 15. From your own experience, you know, you do hear people say, a lot of people who are anti-legalizing marijuana, oh, it's a gateway drug. It leads from one to the next to the next. Did that happen to you? My first drug wasn't marijuana, um, but it can be a gateway drug. Honestly, I'll, I'll say any drug can be a gateway drug. Yeah. I mean, anything. So what, what, what do drugs do? Dr- drugs affect the part of our brain where we produce dopamine which is a feel-good chemical, it's a pleasure chemical, right? So marijuana produces big spikes in dopamine, just like drinking alcohol, just like uh, having sex or gambling. So anytime you do that and you do it repeatedly, you increase the likelihood of having some kind of psychological dependency on it. So it certainly is a gateway drug, especially if you start using before a certain age, right? Mm -hmm. Like if adolescents, the more they smoke marijuana as an adolescent, the more likely they are to struggle with substance use disorder. We know that to be a fact. You know, when we talk about all these things, we're talking about, you know, people and all that kind of stuff. But it was interesting, um, kind of timely, too. And I want to bring this up, and this is probably something we talk about in the future, is the environmental damage that marijuana grows cause and the criminal side of it, because it's just not the legal the legal grow ops that are happening it's illegal cartel. The cartel is in these areas because they're out. They're outpacing the legal grows. And what happens is eco- ecologically, they devastate communities where they're at. A lot of Oregon, a lot of California. They're they're used pesticides, toxic pesticides, uh, banned pesticides. They pull water out of wells that aren't theirs, drying up uh, neighbors' farms, all that kind of stuff. It's just devastating to the communities. And the L.A. Times just wrote a really nice article they went in and they found a lot of information and they had a really nice article on the devastation that that brings and the the criminality to it because everybody thinks that Hmm. oh well if we make it legal the crime will stop the black market will stop it won't stop they're just going to grow more to push these legal grow ops out Um, that's all it does it creates higher competition and these grow ops are grown by people that are kidnapped they're forced labor uh, that you're killed if you don't produce if you steal if you try to run away it's it's an entire criminal organization right here in our nation that no one talks about that no one talks about and they're devastating police departments around those areas because there's not enough resources to do anything and we they can't get federal help in and it, it it's just devastating all the way around so i think we have to be really careful not only when we're talking about you know, the the physical side of it, the person side of it, but we also talk about the business side of it. Yeah, I didn't even think about it really from that perspective or the environmental side yeah. of it to take that into consideration. Let me ask you this then. So I think we've obviously, and I think it's easy to point out the cons of marijuana, but are there pros to it? Are there any good sides to it? I think there are. I think, I mean, I think studies have shown too that it really helps. It helps with anxiety, helps with sleep. It helps with a lot of things going on, pain, chronic pain. Um, and I think there are some good benefits to it, but do they outweigh the bad benefits and where do we stand? I mean, how do we regulate that? Because, I mean, I've known people that go into their doctors like, yeah, I can't sleep. Well, they're prescribing them yeah. medical Yeah. What do you marijuana. think of that, Nate? What do you think of people being prescribed 
marijuana in some states for certain medical ailments. Well, I agree with Sophia just said. I mean, we are prescription happy in this country. Yes. Yeah. So that's how I got started on, on drugs was I was given Adderall as a kid by a doctor who said that I had ADHD. I did not have ADHD. I was just a kid that didn't like school like most kids <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and had trouble focusing and was a class clown. And I had I struggled with depression as a youth and social anxiety and things like that. So can we prescribe it as an alternative? The answer absolutely is yes. I mean, and when you look at the harm of, of things that have been prescribed in the past, like the opioids, right? The opioid epidemic. I mean, that's been far more yeah. devastating. Yes. You know? uh, so we have a lot of things, things like SSRIs, which we know a lot of people, not to get too crazy, but I know a lot of people that are mass shooters have SSRIs in their systems, right? Yeah. Hmm. So we know that it can it can help with depression and homicidal or suicidal thoughts, but it can also take you the other way and make you worse. Yeah. I've never known anybody to smoke a joint of marijuana and go shoot anybody. <laughs> right. If anything, it mellows you out, probably a little too much, honestly. But I definitely think on the medical side of things, there is there is an argument to be had that it's something we need to look at. And I also like to say, not to flip to the bad side again, but there needs to be guidelines and studies on what a medical dose is. So like a medical dose yeah. of Vicodin should not have you so high you can't get off the couch, right? We would agree with that. Mm -hmm. right. Same thing with the medical dose of marijuana. Most people say, well, I smoke marijuana for my anxiety. Well, smoking an entire joint <laughs> five times a day is not a medical dose of marijuana. Yeah. That's right. a recreational dose. So I think if it's dosed properly, absolutely it's got benefits. It's got benefits for cancer patients, people with glaucoma, people with uh, eating disorders. Um, it can also help with menstrual cramps, things like that. I mean, it can certainly be super beneficial. I think we need to take a look at it and, and really explore how people could benefit from it. Absolutely. Yeah. So with where it's at right now, do you think it's under-regulated? I feel like a lot of people would say it's over-regulated, but from what I... I feel like I'm hearing both of you might say. I think it's over-regulated on a business side. You know, there's regulations you know, they put on lots of stuff, but then I, I think he's right. On the dosage side, it's not regulated at all. Yeah. I mean, you just write a prescription, you go and you get whatever it is that you're prescribed, but what are you getting? That's that's the point I think he's making. We modify the marijuana specifically for certain things like, hey, this one's good for sleep or this one's good for anxiety. And, you know, they, the doses gets higher and higher. That's what's not regulated. Hmm. So you're just going in there and you're buying, but you don't know what you're buying or who you're. Yeah, they're legal grows and they go and they look at them. But are we testing the dosage? Are these actually am I the same leaf I buy out of this scoop? Is it the same amount I'm getting out of this next scoop? I don't know. You don't mm -hmm. know because it's. It's a natural plant. Who well, could tell? And they've got, so they've got, you know, you get your medical marijuana card and then you can go to any dispensary and show it and pick out whatever weed you want. I've never gone to the doctor and got a prescription. I've been able to go to the pharmacy and pick out any other drug I want. Right. So I think that's something to look at as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think it's like from a medical side, we always see things are a little underregulated because I feel when it comes to pharmaceuticals, I think we all can agree for the most part that the business usually comes first. Right. <laughs> the money yeah. side Always of things, right? money comes first. And then afterwards we're like, oh, what is it? 25% of drugs approved by the FDA are recalled. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, that's that's an astounding number. I mean, heck, I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sit there and pick 20, pick 75% winners probably if I was just looking at studies. Um, so I think certainly we need to catch up the medical side to the business side, which is probably a little over-regulated. And I would venture to say we've done that with marijuana now. We have... You know the government can't wait to get the tax base right, off of the right. marijuana, and that's that's the big push for it, right? Oh, yeah. we need the these tax side. Mm -hmm. revenue. We need this for this, and we need it for schools, and we need it for this, and we need it for that. But our schools haven't gotten better. Nothing's gotten better True. with all the money we're pouring into things. So we really need to take a look at this. And like I said, th this is all about money to me mm -hmm. up front instead of actually looking at 
what the research and data is showing us. Yeah, and I want to take a step back because to what you were talking about, Nate, with your prescription and your medical marijuana card, because I, I want to make sure people are understanding this because I genuinely, until Sophia and I have had conversations about this, didn't quite know this is really even how it worked. Um, but like you just said, you can get your medical marijuana card, like, go to Michigan or wherever you're at, and you can walk in. And like you said, it's not like you're walking in and you're being prescribed, you know, like a Vicodin. No. You can go in and have access to any kind of marijuana, right? And can you buy as much as you want? That I don't know, but I know that there's there's not a pharmacist and they're helping you. It's not usually... saying like, hey, you were you were prescribed your medical marijuana card because you deal with anxiety. Yes. Here is the kind of marijuana that you need to purchase. It's not like that. So you're saying I could go in and buy it for, well, I mean. They'll steer you towards whatever strain, whether it's an indica or sativa or whatever the heck it is what you should buy but you could buy whatever you want there's no regulation that i that i'm aware of because i know people who have their medical marijuana card and they come back with all kinds of stuff right i do that's why that's why i'm trying to get like make sure i am even understanding this correctly Uh, we have some friends i say we my husband and i also have their medical marijuana cards and it's like and i don't know is there there, all kinds of things is there a dosage amount on the card too or do you how much how much are you allowed to buy and who regulates that and who's making sure that they're only selling you that much? Is it regulated? I, there's a lot of questions I have, and just because we don't have it here, I don't know the answers. Do you want to drive up to Michigan with Let's me, Sophia, and, and then we'll see you on the road show? <laughs> that would be an experience, certainly. And is it like, again, forgive me, I don't know, but is this like walking into an Apple store? Like, oh, hey, I'll take the MacBook Pro and a new keyboard. Like, is, is that what it's like? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. You know? Yeah, they're like bins of yeah. marijuana, and they're just all, and they all have like a like a description of what it is and what it is helpful for. And they have these crazy names for them. You know, I told, I told Sophia when we started this, that truly you guys kind of said it too. I'm in the middle. I could probably be swayed one way or the other when it comes Mm -hmm. to legalizing marijuana or not legalizing marijuana. But that part really has, has given me pause. You can get your medical marijuana card and still go in there and buy whatever you want. Nate, and you, you put it so well, You, you don't get your prescription from the doctor and go to the pharmacy and buy whatever drug you want there and you know and i'm thinking of the of the law enforcement side i'm like and who's regulating people driving who is you know we don't have a technical test where you blow into an instrument and you can say are you high now yeah you can go blood test them but thg stays in your body for a while before it metabolizes so Mm -hmm. what are you really getting Hmm. and then they have to Mm -hmm. perform tests and and who's who's performing at work um our nurses our laborers at the GM factory, I mean, are they high when they're working? Is this going to cro- cause injury at work because your reaction time is slower? And that's a scientific fact yeah. um, when, when you're high. Um, officers, I know we can't even use CBD oil. They mm. told us not to even use it because mm. we don't know what it will show up as on a drug screen. Right. So we're told not even to use it. I mean, I'd love to use it on my knee, but I can't. Yeah. Um, so we're restricted. But then, you know, that comes into legal issues too and I know it's employer but what I do off duty and then you know so it's just a lot of questions I think that we don't have answers to and I don't know what other states are doing or how they how they maneuver that well one thing I'll say for for the pro side of it alcohol is legal and we know that it's one of the most harmful drugs Mm -hmm. that you can take right on a consistent basis it's bad for your brain it's bad for your liver it's bad for your kidneys Um, it's just bad for you overall and we let people consume as much of that as they want. Marijuana, comparably, is not nearly as dangerous, right? I mean, we know that to be a fact as far as harm on the body. So it's also less addictive. I mean, you're less likely to, you're not fit. And here, here's another thing to remember. With alcohol, you can drink every day for a month 
And if you quit drinking, you may actually die from the withdrawals from alcohol if you do not get medical attention. You Mm -hmm. can have a seizure and you can die. Marijuana, you're not going to die from the withdrawal. So that is something to lean towards is say, listen, if we're really concerned about people's safety, then why is alcohol legal? Why is tobacco? Look at tobacco. We let tobacco pretty much do whatever they want, right? That's fairly unregulated as well. When they test a cigarette, how many different drugs and chemicals come up in a cigarette? Mm -hmm. And we know that it causes cancer. And here we are. We're like, well, it's your choice. But then when it comes to marijuana, we're like, no, you can't do that. It's bad for you. But is it as bad for you as tobacco and alcohol? The, the the data that I've seen says no. So that's something on the pro side of things that I do like to consider is I feel like some of the people presented is like, well, we're worried about your health, the government anyway. And then it's like, are you really, though? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many. I mean, look at sugar. Right. At, sugar. You know, I mean, that's a look huge thing. Yeah. I mean, processed <laughs> foods. And I mean, we can go the, down this whole rabbit hole of stuff. And, and really. But you're right. To disguise it as they're concerned about yeah, our health. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the government isn't concerned about anything yeah. at the bottom line. Correct. Right. Let's face Correct. it. I mean, nope. You know, I'll well, just let, be let, let's, here. let's talk about the government for just a second. I'm sure you guys are both aware that the president recently pardoned thousands of people convicted of, of marijuana charges under federal law. He's encouraged states to do the same thing. So I would be curious, especially you, Sophia, should legalizing marijuana or, or whatever, dropping charges, of people who are convicted of marijuana charges, should it be a state issue or should it be a federal issue? Man, you're putting me on the spot today. I told um, you it was going to be a good one. <laughs> um, You know, I, I think. I like the way it is now. I, I think, but I think we need to get in line because still the states that have legalized it, there's still federal side mm-hmm. to it, right? So mm-hmm. people could technically still be arrested on that federal side. And I think that maybe having that is might be good because then you can attack those illegal grow operations with federal charges and not state charges because the federal the federal charge goes in and you serve like 80% of your time. Mm. It's not like state where you may right. serve 50%. Right. Um, it's a mandatory 80% on federal side. So having that and then the branch of the government that can go wherever it wants, like the whole nation, you don't have to go state by state, might help on those grow operations that are operating between California, Oregon, uh, Washington, because, um, you know, this, the cartel is involved in that. And it's 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 one of those situations where if the federal government is involved, mm-hmm. they can they can have that expansive um investigation where the states are not going to be able to do that. Um, so having, I think, laws on both sides may be helpful in that regard. But at the same time, they can conflict. Yeah. And what do and you do And get confusing. About that? Yes. Yeah. What about yes. you, Nate? I think anytime you have a sweeping reform or, or something sweeping like uh, that President Biden did, it's, it's hard to really... Justify it one way or the other because when you, you could look at each person's charges and why they had them, you know, as we talked about before the show started, you know, you don't know what their criminal history was to begin with. You don't know if they had violent history in the past, right? So just to pardon people that have marijuana charges, I think, in general, is is kind of a mistake. I think you need to take it a case-by-case basis. When it you is sign. a pretty broad stroke of a brush, that's it for is, sure. You know, and I'm not and I'm not saying people necessarily should be locked up for marijuana. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying we need to understand why they're there in the first place. Does it have it? Is it just marijuana? If it's just marijuana, I don't really have that big of a problem with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know who checks that, right? I mean, I don't think President Biden went through each of their files and looked. Um, I, w- I would say he probably did not. Um, but as far as the state and the federal thing goes, um, I think there's a happy medium to be had. I think you can have federal law that is against trafficking and distribution at mm-hmm. a high level, but you could also get rid of the possession charges. You could probably take it off as a Schedule One first of all, because yeah. Schedule One is yeah. very severe. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> Schedule One is like your your heroin, your methamphetamine. Yeah. I mean, stuff that is really dangerous that they will say have has no medical purpose to it. So you can't use it for a medical reason. 
Um, and that's part of the reason we've straight, struggled to get marijuana studies is because it was a Schedule One drug. And that's actually how we got the synthetic version uh, spice, right? K2, all that stuff is because these scientists and these and these professors had to make their own version of it, so they synthesized it. So that 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 in and of itself caused a lot of the issues with some of the synthetics out there. Um, so I think they're, they're, the states should decide ultimately personal use, but I think the federal government could still be involved at a higher level of the trafficking and distribution. So we can go after people like the cartel, because maybe we can't get them on fentanyl charges, but maybe we can get them on the grow operation charges, yeah. which I think is still yeah. very important. Yeah, and I'll say this too, and because I know we're gonna head this way eventually in this conversation, but um, as Nate said, we're overly prescribed yeah. in this nation. Oh, We yeah. take a pill and we are- For everything. Pinky nail My hurts, pinky hurts, yeah. You know, <laughs> and I'm for one, I'm like, I just had this battle with my mom. She has a shoulder issue and I'm like, mom, I said, you're 82 years old. You're going to have pain. Mm -hmm. This is just part of life. Mm -hmm. And I think you're going to have to just tolerate a little bit. And I don't want you to be in so much pain you can't move, but you're gonna have to tolerate a little bit of pain. I, I tolerate pain every day, mm -hmm. you know? And I think we have to get to the underlying issue of why we're even turning to marijuana, Amen. why we're turning to fentanyl, why we're turning to Adderall, Percocet, whatever it is. There's an underlying issue it's we're easy. having in this nation and across the world that we're turning to these pills instead of dealing with the issues that we have at hand. And I think personally, I think every ounce of dollar that comes from legalizing marijuana should go to um, addiction and mental health facilities to get the ball rolling on why we're even turning to these things because there's an issue here and we're not facing it. And if we do not face it, we are going to pay for this in the next few years. Really greatly. quick, you just said it, legalizing marijuana. And I say really quick because we've only got like 60 seconds. But Nate, I'm putting you on the spot, man. When it comes to legalizing marijuana across the country, yay or nay? That's tough. Because to me, it's not a black and white issue. Right, right. <laughs> What's and you know good what? for Indiana might not, might, may not be good for California. What's good for California may yeah. not be good for Ohio, right? And most issues are not black and white. No. That is something we do do in this country. We, we like to, to put them all in little boxes and keep them tidy you know, on yeah. the right or the left. And I get it. I agree that it could be. Yeah. And for me, be, it is gray. Yeah. And for me right now, I don't think I, there's enough information that we have not to have enough studies over the long period of time to see what this is going to have, the effects it's going to have, especially Agreed. with the modified marijuana. Mm -hmm. I think there has to be more research done before me to be for before I can get on board with before you anything. can check that box. Of, yeah. Where yes, I, I, I can give this a pass. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's just more information that needs to be had. Well, we're going to try to get more of that information right here on Unholstered. This is just the tip of the iceberg of having this conversation. We're calling it Let's Talk Marijuana, and we're going to keep talking about it. There's just so much to still unpack and dive into. Nate, as always, we've had you on before. I just so love how open and honest and direct you are. You, If you've ever missed the episode with Nate Mullering on, go back and listen to it on the Unholstered podcast. It's worth listening to to actually really hear his full story. This is your town, your team, your topics. This is Unholstered. Thanks for listening to Unholstered. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. And remember, you can listen every Saturday morning at 1030 on WoWo 1190 and 107.5 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media.